0: Politics without the soap opera. With unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and forgotten common sense Americans to the gulag. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz back here at CR Podcast for another end of week Friday show. It is April 9th. And April 9th is the day... In 1865, Robert E. Lee surrendered at Appomattox Courthouse to Grant. And that's why I call it the gulag today, because we we surrendered a long time ago. We had our surrender date, hard to put your finger on it, but sometime years ago. So, the truth be told, we no longer even have Minutemen to guard our liberty. We're in the gulag. We need a cadre of revolutionaries to break ourselves out of it. And that's really what we've been doing here the last number of weeks and months on this show is to try to grope in the dark to find a way out of this morass. What we have going on today is not socialism. It's not even communism. It's straight-up sadistic persecution. It's persecution Of Americans with traditional values, common sense thinking, who want to be left alone, who want to live in in liberty with their God-given ancestral values passed down for generations in this country. We don't have anyone speaking for us. You look at the amalgamation of things going on in this country with the invasion from the border being encouraged and criminals being released at the same time we are taken as political prisoners. The two-year-old kids are dragged off planes for not wearing bondage. I've been trying to find out for a long time and, and, and just really analyze when have we seen this in history on the one hand, an extremely weak and loose government, but on the other hand, a very tyrannical one. But it really isn't a paradox, if you understand it, in terms of a persecution. It's whatever persecutes us. It's whatever advances their agenda and empowers them. and empowers them to have criminals on the streets, illegals flooding the border. So that's what they're going to do. So I want to just mop up some leftover stories from the week, COVID fascism, the border, maybe some crime stories, some updates on Capitol Hill, January 6th, what's going on there, which really is turning into a persecution. First, a word from today's sponsors. Really excited to introduce a new sponsor, Better Spectacles. You know, many of you are like me that you're severely nearsighted and the more i look at screens and read and read and read all day the worse my eyes get and i can't handle contact lenses in my eyes but you know a lot of glasses they don't fit well especially if you, if you have a high prescription often it's it's very hard to get used to you're told to go home and get used to progressive lenses At Better Spectacles, we have help. They're now offering authentic German-engineered Rodenstock eyewear for the first time in the U.S. Rodenstock is a 144-year-old company, the world's gold standard with over 500 patents. Fun fact, Ronald Reagan actually wore Rodenstock glasses. Uh, Their expert opticians specialize in difficult prescriptions, astigmatisms, and those who experience problems with progressives. Uh, technologies, believe it or not, has caught up with your prescription. They can help you. One of their specialties is helping those with near and intermediate vision, which is a common problem when you're looking at your phone and computer all day. Go Specs lenses from Rodenstock uses an advanced algorithm for more than a million patients measuring 7,000 points in the eye. The result? More energy, no neck strain, and the ability to help you see up to 40% better. So it's not just a fashion part of it it's really um the visual part is is amazing go to betterspectacles.com/conservative to schedule a teleoptical appointment so you don't even have to go in person and leave your house and wear a stupid mask better spectacle is not an online company um with low quality offerings it's just that you receive the same expert consultation as if you're sitting in the store They're offering my audience an introductory 61% off their GoSpecs lenses plus free handcrafted stock frames as well. Just visit betterspectacles.com slash conservative. Go now to betterspectacles.com slash conservative. Now, folks, yesterday I mentioned the interview of this woman, Vera Schaeferin who gave an interview to the German Corona Commission about the similarities between today's COVID fascism mandates and the goal of public health championed over individual liberty in, in Nazi Germany. Well, no sooner had I talked about that when yesterday Joe Biden mentioned this, public health for gun control, and the CDC director... Director It mentioned public health as a concern for racism. The CDC director said racism is, quote, a serious public health threat. Do you get the message by now? See, this is what is so pathetic about 90% of conservative media that barely touches COVID fascism, much less champions this is the issue of our time. They've been sleeping for a year. They don't realize that they've picked our lock. They have found the issue for which they could do anything to us. See, what happens when you find a pleasurable experience? When you find auspicious results from a certain tactic, a certain strategy? Well, you're going to want to repeat it again and again. What they failed to do by fear-mongering from global warming ozone layer, other things, they've successfully gotten off of public health. The doctor says this is what you need to do. That's why they're using the same language to promote their racial war against whites, to promote gun control, to promote whatever it is they want. We're following the science. Remember I told you that if you look at a lot of these dirtbag governors, when they release criminals especially like murderers that murder when they're juveniles, they say we're following the science and their brain wasn't completely developed when they um, committed the murder. By the way, as an aside, these subhuman vermin from the pits of hell are saying that their brains aren't developed enough to let out murderers, but they don't recognize the fact that you know, three, four, five, six-year-olds certainly have brains undeveloped, and yet we're putting masks on them indefinitely. There's a lot of long-term damage that we're probably doing to them that we don't even realize. I have an article I'll, I'll get to if I have time a little later. But let's go through the fact that we are under persecution. Who is speaking for us? Who is speaking for us? I don't know about you, but I can't find anyone speaking for us. Is Trump promising to primary every lockdown governor? No. He just endorsed Marco Rubio today. Whoop-de-do. Marco. I mean, I'm not saying realistically we're going to get a primary challenge with him. I'm not even saying he's the most offensive character. Like really, all he's doing is just endorsing incumbent senators. Just totally bizarre. let's start off with the persecution today. There's a woman named Victoria White. She's a 39-year-old mother of four from Rochester, Minnesota. She happens to be a friend of Larvita McFarker, who we had on the show. She was the woman who opened uh, her business, despite COVID fascism, her restaurant. Victoria White is one of the people that was caught on video in one of the more notorious videos that surfaced um, after January 6th, actually pulling off BLM provocateurs from breaking down one of the doors, pulling them off and saying, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? And what happened with a lot of these people is if they were close to the steps, which you're allowed to be there, they got pushed in. To the building. And again, mind you, the building, the entranceway is not like a no-go zone. It's public property. She was arrested. It's all over the Minnesota media. It's bizarre. You know, because they've arrested hundreds of people. I don't know why this one is. All sorts of things. The FBI clearly tipped off the media. She was arrested. Do you know that. The FBI talked to her months ago. They had questions for her. They wanted information. And they said, look, we we saw what you did. We understand what you you know that, that you were helping out. We have we have no beef with you. Now suddenly they arrest her. Six different charges. One of them is violent entry. I had to work to get her a lawyer. She had no lawyer. She didn't even see this coming. She was hauled off to jail in Minnesota. She was let go on her own recognizance as as long as she doesn't leave Minnesota. But she needs a a lawyer barred in D.C. This is persecution, what is going on here. We've had BLM and Antifa doing all sorts of stuff. Nothing happens to them. And folks, this is why I'm going to say again and again, it's time that we do everything we can to evacuate ourselves from this. This is why I don't want to hear these principled stances on what we can and cannot do to fight back. Because there is no principle to what they're doing. This is the gulag. You do everything you can to evacuate from it. We're not going to be like, well, I don't know, Daniel, if that's like a follows the libertarian thing to, to do this and that. This is what we're dealing with. There is no justice in the courts. There's no justice in the political system. So anytime we get a modicum of power, we have to use it to evacuate ourselves from this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this, what I mean. But I, you know, when I get back to COVID fascism and the, the, the vaccine passports and businesses requiring them and airlines requiring them and businesses requiring masks and things like that, When we have power and we have a majority to influence majority Republican legislatures and governors, this is what we need to do. I don't want to hear this, oh, I'm not for mandating, putting mandates on businesses. Because we live in a time of persecution. We're not going to play by this rigid set of rules. Now, folks, our second sponsor today, Raycon. You know, I find it really annoying to have these earbuds dangling from my ears with the cords and uh you know sometimes you just want to get away from the screen and just listen to your favorite audiobook something that's uh audio based rather than visual so you don't damage your eyes and need to get um you know better glasses but anyway whether you're catching up on your favorite news podcast um listening to an audiobook powering through your workout on the treadmill um a pair of Raycons in your ears can make all the difference. They're the best and che- really the cheapest for the quality you get wireless earbuds. There's no dangling wires or stems to get in your way. Um, they come in a range of of colors, they're, but they're also very comfortable. The biggest thing that I find is when I'm on a treadmill or working out, they don't pop out of my ears like everything else does. Like some of you see me fidgeting with my earpiece on uh, Steve Dase's show. Uh, Raycons are built to perform anywhere, anytime. Um, if I don't mean to get disgusting, but you know, when you build up a sweat, <laughs> they uh, they don't damage the Bluetooth on them, um, which certainly works and pairs seamlessly. There's enough battery life for six hours of playtime, so it certainly gives you plenty of time to unplug. And the sound is awesome. The sound quality is great with wireless earbuds. Um, starting at just half the price of premium audio brands. So these are premium brands for 50% the price, but they're offering a special 15% off all their products for my listeners. If you go to buyraycon.com conservative, that's it. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. So feel free to grab a pair and a spare, a gift for your friend, 15% off at buy. Raycon.com slash conservative. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash conservative. Now, folks, to to continue with this persecution, something that's really, really scary going on here, I don't know if you saw this Politico story, but you have people being beaten in jail. They're being held indefinitely for trespassing, And they're being beaten brutally by correctional officers. It's funny, there's all this talk about police reform and and prison reform for violent gang members. What happens when you take a veteran run-of-the-mill conservative and you throw them in jail with punks? What do you think is going to happen to them? But it's worse than that. Evidently the prison guards are getting in on it. Capitol riot defendants being held in Washington have complained that they're locked in their cells with virtually no human contact for 23 hours a day. But a startling graphic account offered publicly in court on Tuesday by one such inmate, Ronald Sandlin, went further, alleging that guards have subjected those charged in the January 6th events to violence threats and verbal harassment. Myself and others involved in the January 6th incident are scared for our lives not from each other, but from correctional officers, Sandlin said during a bail hearing, conducted by video before Judge uh, Dabney Friedrich. I don't understand how this is remotely acceptable. He called it mental torture. Another defendant, Ryan Samsel says he was severely beaten by correctional officers, is now blind in one eye, has a skull fracture and detached retina. Sandlin also described racial tensions between minority guards and the largely white defendants some of whom have been publicly accused of membership in association with white supremacist groups. So folks, this is what happens when you push a blood libel to already racially motivated non-whites who pound per pound, and again, we judge people as individuals here, but this is what they're doing. The ones that are like this, they are much more racial than any white person around. Now they go and beat them in prison because you've been tagged as a white supremacist. Sandlin said guards tackled to the ground one high-profile prisoner, Richard Barnett, 60, was photographed with his boot up on a desk in Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office. Sanlin said one of the guards declared, I hate all white people and your hunky religion. The three defendants raising alarms are charged with a wide range of crimes. A wide range of cl- crimes. Um, he had his f- foot up on Pelosi's desk. If you had that, as the baseline for holding someone without bail, you would have over a million BLM people in jail today. But there we go. Um, Steven Metcalf, a lawyer for Samsil said that after his client complained last month about slow delivery of toilet paper, he was zip-tied Moved to a cell outside, the view of surveillance cameras and brutally beaten by guards. I have seen Ryan. He has two black eyes to this day. Two weeks later, all the skin is ripped off both wrists, which shows the zip ties and how tight they were. Other inmates said he his face looked like a tomato and it was stomped on. Folks, this is an era we live in and our, when our prisons are a joke. And, I, I mean, you should see the, the stuff they passed in that new jailbreak bill, the First Step Act. The stuff you have to offer them, the amount of internet time and phone access. This is the type of stuff that happens in third world countries. But it happens if you have the wrong color skin and the wrong political views. How this could not bother even a liberal is disturbing. Then again, what we're dealing with, as I mentioned, is not liberals. They're not socialists. They're not communists. They're sadistic persecutors. That's why the few liberals that are left, like Naomi Wolf, people like that, are speaking out against a lot of this insanity with COVID fascism. Whether you like it or not, there is an unrelenting war on whites in this country. I don't know what you do about it. I don't know what you do about it. But the first step is to stop denying it. And you know what's funny? the courts that are always there to allege anti-black discrimination when it doesn't exist, they won't be here to protect us when we have the gulag. There's this story out of um, Boston where a Boston hospital is set to offer preferential care based on race. Some of from the Washington Examiner. Boston Hospital says it will offer preferential care based on race and race explicit interventions in an attempt to engage in an anti-racist agenda for medicine. See, it's all under public health. Boston Review article titled An Anti-Racist Agenda for Medicine lays out a plan for, for uh, Brigham and Women's Hospital that implements a reparations framework for distributing medical resources in order to comprehensively construct confront structural racism we have a big problem folks we have a big problem i don't don't think you understand when all of corporate america together with the government are persecuting us we can't afford to waver I don't know. Again, and I'm I'm gonna introduce a lot of different things at once to tie into this theme. So just bear with me. Buckle up. The Derby, Tennessee Republican Governor Bill Lee, who who once said, by the way, we can't open up the jail doors quickly enough. He blocked SB three twenty. This is the bill that we are promoting to, uh, bar discrimination. Um, in the workforce where they can't discriminate against people who don't wear a mask or don't have a vaccine passport. Bill Lee gave a whole speech and said, I'm banning vaccine passports. And then he blocked the bill. Well, what gives? This is a subterfuge that's taking place in a lot of red states, and you need to get on this with all your legislatures in uh, red states. Blue states are lost. So... For a while, I was debating whether to even dive into vaccine passports in red states because I thought, come on, that's not even the issue. It's a fake issue. No one's going to go along with that. The real issue is the mask mandate to get rid of that. Um, But but no one's going to go for the vaccine passport. Well, evidently we do need to fight it. See, all these Republican governors are coming out and saying they're prohibiting it. But notice there's a difference between the way that Ron DeSantis structured his executive order, and some of these others, and including Bill Lee. Bill Lee is saying the government won't do it. Now, here's the thing. We were never worried about the state of Tennessee implementing it. But what will implement it is the federal government working with the corporations that operate in all 50 states to implement it. So he's like, I don't know. I'm not for putting mandates on corporations. So these vermin have no problem shutting down businesses. Here's what these bastards do. They impose the ultimate mandate on small business, destroying them with shutdowns. So now they make us dependent on big business to get products. They've destroyed big businesses with all these regulations, by the way, including ADA and discrimination type of things that they've stuck it to big businesses, small business with these like really frivolous regulations that really go overboard. But somehow now that they suck us into the gulag government based and sponsored where we're, we are now at the mercy of big corporate America Guess what? The government will work together with big corporate America to engage in the ultimate invasion of human dignity, dignity and privacy and discrimination to say you can't obtain a service or employment or anything without a vaccine passport. And these Republican governors will be, I'm, I'm very conservative libertarian. I, I don't like putting mandates on businesses. This is what we're up against. I feel like punching these guys in the face. These people that get involved in that line of thought. Oh, I don't like putting mandates on businesses. Give me a break. Mandates on businesses. Let me tell you mandates on businesses. Zuckerberg is working with the government to boost the newsfeed algorithms applied to COVID fascism. If we're going to stop COVID, we need everyone who is eligible to get vaccinated, Zuckerberg said in a Facebook post. People are more likely to get vaccinated if they see friends, family, and people they trust doing it. So we're launching new COVID vaccine profile frame that you can add to your profile pic, partnering with the CDC and U.S. Department of Health and Human Resources to launch new COVID vaccine people profile. And basically... What he's going to do is boost the algorithms of anyone um, promoting the vaccine. Meanwhile, there's more and more stuff coming out. They have to shut down an entire J&J vaccination site in Colorado. There's, um, what is this? Uh, Andy Bostom, my buddy Dr. Andy, sent me... And he's pro-vaccine in general, but even he's like, hey, dude, this is, it has to be a little bit more targeted to people that really, really are at risk for COVID because otherwise the cost-benefit analysis is, is a problem. A 38-year-old woman without apparent heavy burden of comorbidity developed cerebral sinus thrombosis. I and mean, there's a lot of problems with this vaccine. And they are stifling. Meaning, this thing, I'm not saying it is, but it could be the worst thing in human in, 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 since the development of medicine. You wouldn't know about it. You wouldn't know about it. Because it's designed to cut it out. These corporate entities are greater arms of the government than the government itself. In other words... Facebook and Google are more HHS than HHS is. You can't sit and tell me it's private. That's nonsense. That's utter nonsense. And by the way, with the courts, when they want to, they say that it's a public thing and everyone has to have access to it and equal access, which is why they said in the North Carolina case in 2017 a sex offender can't be blocked uh, access to social media. But here's the funny thing, going back to the rhinos and nobody fighting for us. While this is going on, Texas Governor Greg Abbott seeks tax subsidies for Facebook to build new data center in the state. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. According to documents obtained by the Texas Tribune, the governor's office is negotiating with Facebook about the tech company's plan to build a new data center in Texas. And, um... There's a similar data center in Tennessee was granted um, $19.5 million in tax incentives. That's another uh, feather in the cap of Bill Lee there. We don't have anyone standing for us. Fighting corporate America is a bigger, more important battle than fighting government itself because they are the strongest facet of government. This is the persecution. Everything is a one-way street and a dead end and a trap door for us. So you gotta be stupid if you obtain a modicum of power and you don't do anything with it. By the way, another amazing story our listener Victoria from New Hampshire sent me. This is in New Hampshire. Appeals court vacates lower court's decision on basically... In a victory for New Hampshire House Democrats, this is from WMUR, the U.S. First Circuit Court, this is the First Circuit Court of Appeals, the Federal Appeals Court, on Thursday evening vacated a lower court ruling that had upheld the House Speaker's refusal to provide remote access to House sessions to about two dozen lawmakers who are at a heightened risk of serious complications from COVID-19. Now, think about it. Think about it. We are told the courts, oh no, COVID, that's political, that's science. We cannot get involved in the political decisions that are made by the political branches of government. For once, for once in their life, they're actually like, hey, we're going to stay out. So you could violate individual rights in the most gross way where you literally can't live without life, liberty, and property. But a bunch of New Hampshire Democrats, I I mean, just just from a separation of power standpoint, this is bizarre, going to a federal court to mandate the, the way a state legislature conducts a session that they are entitled to not life, liberty, and property, but a remote access to House sessions. Now, first of all, I thought they have the vaccine. They, they have access to the vaccines and they've had access. They, they claim they're vulnerable, so they should have had access for quite a while to vaccines. They can't have it both ways. So the vaccines are so effective that the courts are going to mandate vaccine passports, but they're not quite so effective that a state legislator could go to a court and mandate the right to Give me liberty or give me death? No. Give me a remote access to the session or give me death. Three to nothing ruling. Three to zero ruling. And guess what? They said it violates the persons with disabilities within the meaning of the Federal Americans with Disabilities Act. The ADA. They finally discovered the ADA. So you could drag a rape victim, a two-year-old, off the plane. You could ask someone about their medical conditions. You could deny care to someone in pain who can't wear a mask. You could mandate the injection of something that by their own admission is being administered under experimental emergency use. But to not affirmatively offer the benefit of a remote session that violates the ADA. I, I'm glad this came about because you know a lot of people are like, Daniel, I'm all for taking off the mask mandate on the government but I don't like doing them private businesses. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, they are already have expensive ADA affirmative mandates, meaning not like just don't deny service, but that they have to offer like certain accommodations that are sometimes very costly, such as building ramps and things like that in the bathrooms. You know, recently we we had it, um, the way we had construction with our synagogue um, the ADA requirements added thousands of dollars to it. And we had no one there who needed it. But we, we, no one ever says, private business, private entity, your own business. Here it costs nothing, just don't deny service. No, that you can't do. But to force an affirmative accommodation, that you have to, as a, as a private entity, take an action. Or here, I understand it's not a private entity, but relative to the court, it is. It's an independent branch of government. A broken clock is right twice, but the courts are wrong always. It's not because they're wrong. It's done by design. It's done by design, because it's persecution. Oh, and by the way, what, whatever happened to Trump remaking the courts? Somehow I got the last laugh on that. I warned you from day one that it was like that. But here's where we are. Here is where we are as a people. We have no rights. Nowhere to turn. In the few areas where we kind of have, based on the voting population, at least a Republican majority, the governors and most often the legislators screw us. We have nowhere to turn. This is why you got to be stupid not to take the advantage. Not to press your advantage if you get it. If you have an opportunity to pass a better bill, pass the better version. Because we, we, we can't afford to lose opportunities. It's kind of like the Confederacy, you know, when they fought early on and won the surprise victory at at Bull Run, and... Stonewall Jackson wanted to follow up with a surprise attack on Washington. It was like, you know, kind of like, hey, let's let's cut our losses. We, we got out of bull run better than we thought. Let's not do something so audacious. But really, in retrospect, that was their only option at ever winning it because in the long run, they were never powerful enough to win. And that's kind of where we are now. We are so overrun. We have to take every opportunity we have. But of course we don't. We don't take any opportunity because we put our blind faith in these phony governors. And the problem is, most of them, unfortunately, aren't like Mike DeWine of Ohio where he's blatantly doing lockdown. These other guys like Bill Lee are like, oh, I never had a mask mandate, which is true. But he encouraged every major city to have it. And they did in every school district. And he put out ads for masks promoting them. And now he won't even get rid of vaccine passports but it's hard to primary these guys because they make it seem like they're conservative. Same thing with Greg Abbott. And speaking of our buddy Greg Abbott, what in the world is he doing for the border crisis? I mean, I know he talks a lot about it, but what does he actually do? Well, my buddy Brian Slayton, representative in the state house there, as I noted, he has a bill to have Texas build the wall. And it's not just the mechanical function of building the wall, but the political power of a state doing that and soliciting help from other states, crowdsourcing it would be so easy to get it paid for. Guess what? That would force this issue. But you know what? The bill is dead. Chris the last name is spelled P-A-D-D-I-E, is the chairman of the State Affairs Committee He's refusing to hold a hearing on the bill. He says there's better priorities to focus on. This is what we have as Republican leadership. But where's the governor? Why is, it, why is the governor not championing this bill? I'm desperately trying to get this to Trump. Somehow only liberals could get liberal endorsements to him, but I can't get something that literally speaks to his entire branding and legacy— And would empower him to have the wall built outside of his presidency. It would be a big power play of his. To use Texas as a conduit to shadow box Biden. But, you know, what do I know? But the bill is dead. They're doing nothing. All you hear him talk about is the condition of the migrant facilities. I never hear anything about the ranchers. The effects on the Americans. Again, I want you guys to understand this. Let me, let me pull up the latest numbers here I got from my friend in Border Patrol. Where is he? So for the week of April 1st to April 7th, there were 41,500 apprehensions, okay? One week, 41,500 apprehensions. Just to give you <clears throat> a, a concept of what that means, for an, if you would have an annualized flow every week of that, that would be 2.1 million people. That's who they caught. Most of them wind up being released eventually, sometimes pretty quickly, so forget about the fiscal cost of those people, the cultural cost, the the, 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 the crime issues, the amount of gang recruitment that is going to um, grow out of all those teenagers coming over like we've seen since 2014 when these UACs started coming. But then how many people are we not catching? And what sort of people are they? Now, they record about 9,500 Godaways. The ratio has been close to one-fourth. So like three-quarters, one-quarter. But folks, you know what's interesting? So I look at the gotaway numbers, and you'll notice for places like Tucson. Okay, let's look at Tucson. It's 4,700 apprehensions and 3,600 gotaways. So the gotaways are almost as much as the the apprehensions. Then you go to the Rio Grande Valley which is by far the busiest sector and they have 16,000 apprehensions and just 668 gotaways. So this jives with what my friend has been telling me that there's a scandal in the RGV. They just stopped counting most of the gotaways. And he he would know because he's into that business. He works the RGV. So, folks, there are tens of thousands of Godaways. I mean, in a given month, God knows how many. We typically remove several hundred thousand criminal aliens a year. Sex offenders, drunk drivers, kidnappers, the most sadistic people alive. They're all coming back. And they're traipsing over the border going into... Ranchers' territory. You know, I noted in, an, I put out an article yesterday about a school district in <clears throat> 60 miles north of Laredo. It's not like right on the border. The Catula Independent School District. Um, they put out a statement saying both our communities and the rural areas of the county have experienced a great increase in law enforcement chases and bailouts. They say there's 8 to 10 car chases a day. They encourage locals to lock their cars, not keep their valuables outside. This is 60 miles into our country, but it, it gets much further than that. Here's a letter. Here's a note from a rancher, Jessica. Maybe I'll have her on the show. Friends who do not live near our southern border, I invite you to read this Then close your eyes. Imagine this is your life. It's 7.30 p.m. on a Monday. Your husband is outside working. Your oldest is inside playing with the baby kittens. Your middle baby is in the shower. And your littlest baby is outside enjoying playing in the dirt while you wash dishes. You get a call from a concerned friend that there has been another bailout, only this time a half a mile from your house and less than a quarter mile from your parents, You normally receive an emergency alert from local sheriff's department, but not this time. You aren't given much information. The number of criminals are unknown. All you know is there is an unidentified number of illegals running from local law enforcement somewhere in your area. For a moment, you think, F this. We aren't stopping what we're doing. We have protection. This is starting to interfere with our daily lives. Then you remember our Border Patrol agents are being shot. Children are being left to die. Vehicles are being stolen and left with only the kind of evidence you see on CSI. And for most, there is no punishment. You find a gun, grab your spouse, bring everyone inside, and lock the doors. You watch and listen carefully. You can't help but look at your children and wonder why the United States of America has a president that couldn't care less about its citizens. This is what it is like living 107 miles from the Mexican border. This is not a story fabricated by President Trump or Republicans. This crisis doesn't care about your skin color or who you vote for, only your location. How fortunate some of you are to look at this situation and and pretend it's make-believe. Now, folks, the truth be told, people don't realize this because the media never traces it back for people. But when you live in my part of the country, when you live in Maryland, particularly in Maryland on both sides of Washington, D.C., Maryland and Virginia— most of the gang activity is from this. It's from people who have crossed the border since 2014, from El Salvador, Honduras. But this is what's going on with ranchers. This is what I mean when I say we are living in a time of persecution. We are the expendables. You could do anything to us and get away with it. We don't even have a legitimate government left. And we still have Republicans and even some phony conservatives who want to play by their own masochist, sophist, intellectual rules of engagement. Just doesn't make any sense. Makes absolutely zero sense. Let me read you one more message from a rancher to get a sense of what's going on, go, going on at the border, and we'll close the week with this. This is from Randy. This evening, I went to feed cattle, and as I came out, I noticed the front fence had been messed with. I went down the fence and made repairs. I just cleaned out the old road down the fence line, so as I was backing up, I was trying to stay in the tracks. I drove down the line on to avoid a few mosquito roots sticking up. Oh, mosquito roots sticking up. My attention is on the tracks as I'm looking in my rearview mirror. As I get back almost to the gate, I catch movement in my mirror. I look up and a group of people are running at me with one arm straight out in front of them. Obviously reaching to grab onto my truck door handles. Several things run through my mind at once. Reach for a phone, I didn't take it. Get back to the house and call law enforcement. The damn gate is open. I have to shut the gate or cattle will be all over the highway. I quickly get through the gate and step out. Sig 357 leveled and told them to get back loudly. All of their hands but one goes up and they stop. Two beginning to get going in the other direction. The one reached my truck and apparently had no intention of stopping. Two more that slowed started coming faster who were right on his heels, eight feet between us, the width of my pickup. I told them to get the hell back last warning, They were at my truck on the passenger side. All that separated us was my bed. The other two stopped right behind him. When I told them to go get away from me and my truck, a male and female wanted to go back into my pasture. I told them head the other direction down the highway. The male and female did as I told them. Three others followed them. The back two slowly started to back up and slowly decided to leave quicker with the other five. The one lingered smirking. He then ran his fingers a few inches on my truck as he smirked and walked away. As they got across the highway, I then shut, locked the gate, got home, and called law enforcement. After telling Wanda what just happened, I'm assuming that's his wife, I got in her truck and waited at my front gate for law enforcement to get here. They did between 15 and 20 minutes later. In the meantime, two pickups went up, went by headed north. I left the illegals half a mile or so north walking on the other side of the highway where they had crossed a neighbor's fence and gone into his pasture. I thought they might be the transporters, so I pulled out behind them and kept some distance as they moved on north. Now, this is the crazy part. As I topped out on the mesa north of the house, those two pickups were going 45, 50 miles an hour And when suddenly two of those eight ran at those pickups, one from each side of the highway reaching for the door handles, the pickups punched their accelerators and got going. I came back to the house and shortly afterwards, law enforcement arrived. I asked if they wanted me to show them where they were. Yes, they did. So I led them up and two males and one female were sitting on the side of the highway, 100 yards from the other five still out in the neighbor's pasture. They didn't try to stand up, just went to waving their arms. It was 94 here, by the way, 94 degrees. Law enforcement rolled in and got to them. I went to the second deputy and pointed where the other five were hiding. Our third deputy arrived about the time, and they went to them. They stood up as the deputies approached. I told them Wanda said another group crossed the railroad tracks back east of us. Border Patrol arrived. They were looking. Either they had run far enough north or someone had picked them up. As she said, she saw a dark wagon van coming off the railroad right of of way. And speaking with law enforcement, they said, this running at moving vehicles, running at moving vehicles going down the highway was becoming common, certainly not the first time they had heard of it, especially in this heat as they are becoming desperate. Then I was told one illegal jumped out in front of an 18-wheeler just east a few miles. Driver didn't see him until suddenly he was there and turned him into red vapor. More recently, another illegal tried to grab an 18-wheeler moving down the highway north of us. We're talking about 75, 80 miles an hour and was also killed. Law enforcement also told of a rancher recently he went to feed on his ATV. He was inside his lot, he called it meaning a small trap. Eight to ten illegal males started chasing him. He was doing circles around the trap with them chasing him. He had a cell and call the sheriff's deputies, and they, and they got them. Law enforcement said they had many instances where illegals had tried to jump ranchers and take their ATVs, four-wheelers, trucks. I was also informed they had cut a neighbor's high fence ten miles west, I believe, this morning, and had rode it down in another place. They did say the eight that came on me today was the old normal, now... Now the few. Normally they're seeing groups of 30 to 60 on average. Law enforcement made no bones about the facts that they're breaking into homes, hunting cabins, destroying the insides and the contents of homes, cabins, stealing a long list of things, including ATVs and vehicles. And I can go on and on about what these ranchers are experiencing. But think about it. Imagine being confronted with desperate people, maybe on drugs, people invading our country, not just criminals in general, but criminals from other countries. And guess what? If he would have shot them, what do you think would have happened to him? We are living in a time of persecution. This is sick. This is utterly sick. And yet, Greg Abbott and these Republican governors... They just care about the treatment of the illegals. No other generation did we even have Democrats who acted this way. And now this is what today's Republicans are. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. But again, in the red areas, we got to pressure the hell out of them, expose them, name names, run primary challenges, organize. But ultimately, we need to evacuate. We got to illuminate us to what that solution is because I'm just telling you what is going on here is much greater than any of us. It's not liberalism. It's not socialism. It's not communism. It's persecution. It's a systemic persecution against people they don't like, expendables. It's certain races. It's certain political views. It's certain lifestyles they don't like and they want to rid themselves of it. If you think that's not true, think again. Next week, I'm probably going to have a Holocaust survivor on that I mentioned to discuss some of the similarities she is seeing. Again, send me your comments, questions, concerns to dhorowitz at blazemedia.com. Sign up for conaction.network if you want to join one of our Liberty Strike Force teams. I was glad that God gave me the strength to come back every day this week despite this crazy stomach flu that still is bothering me a little bit but feeling a lot better today hope you have a restful peaceful productive weekend we'll be back same time same place on monday till then god bless y'all and thank you for listening